Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Betches Media presents the Betches Brides podcast. A show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed. Because after all, it's only one day of your life. What's up, brides? Welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides, your favorite wedding and marriage podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Pellegrino, and today I am joined by another Nicole, which we love to see, I'm joined by Nicole O'Toole. She is a Chicago-based attorney and also a December 2022 bride. Nicole, I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I've been a longtime listener of the podcast, and I'm really excited to meet you. Yes. Listen, Nicole, you're one of those people who I can truly tell you've been a longtime listener because you DM'd me. You slid into the DMs with this pitch being like, listen, I know you always talk, talk about these questions on the podcast, which is so true. I told Nicole, like, admittedly, sometimes, like, I'll get questions. I'm no expert with some of these areas. I'll get questions like, how do I know where the force majeure is in the contract? And I'll be like, you know what? We got to save that one for an expert because I have no idea. But I can tell yeah. you've been not only a listener, you're a bride yourself, but you're also an attorney. So we're going to talk all about vendor contracts today. Yeah. So I'm very excited. And quick disclaimer, I know you said like, I want you guys to know this is not legal advice, right? Yes, correct. This okay. is just my personal experience as a bride with also many friends getting married these past couple of years. I've looked at these contracts uh, over and over again. So yes, no, not legal advice, um, just my personal experience. And that's, listen, we, that's the best we can always ask for, the personal experience. So you said you're that friend who all of your friends are like, please I, look over my contract. Yes. And I would so much rather take five, 10 minutes to look something over than have them, you know, get screwed out of you know, it could be thousands of dollars. So, oh. you know, when in doubt, ask, you know, for help. But yes, we're, we're happy to do it. So. There is so many. I wish I was still planning my wedding right now with you as a contact because there's yeah. so many instances when you're going through 
your vendor emails and contracts and you're like, I don't even know what to look for. I'm just signing away, (laughs) signing my life away. (laughs) And this is, I think it's just perfect because obviously like things have changed, have changed so much post COVID where it's a whole different world now. Like we don't know what to look for. We don't know what to ask to include. So we're going to get into all of that, which I'm so excited about. Uh, Before we jump in, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? What kind of law do you practice? Yes. So I practice mainly commercial litigation, entertainment, and IP law. Um, So we represent clients all over the country, though I'm based in Chicago, um, on everything from business and breach of contract disputes to uh, drafting agreements for musical artists, film clients, um, IP and media companies. Um, So I'm about five years in and it's a lot of fun. Are any of those contracts that you have to do for your job similar to a wedding contract? Yes, a lot really? a lot of clauses you'll see, um, especially because weddings are about events. And so a lot mm-hmm. of especially like musical artist clients and things, yeah, you know, that's what they do is, is events. They get paid for performing. Um, so, yeah, I'll see a lot of, you know, provisions that I'm really familiar with. And if, you know, you throw out force majeure, sometimes there's these foreign words in there um, that I'm like, well, I know what that is. So well, <laughs> liability, what is it? This is perfect because I have physically no idea what it even means. I think it's a French (laughs) word. That's about all I know. It is. We're going to talk about all the terms that we should be looking for. (laughs) Um, No, but that's so cool. I know I stalked your Insta before this and you were at the Grammys being a lawyer there. So that's so cool. It was very cool. It was, yeah, we were with some clients who were nominated, did some boring, you know, legal uh, (laughs) symposium things as well, but I got to have a little fun too. And it was in Vegas this year, which was awesome. That's amazing. Well, your wedding, your wedding will be more epic than the Grammys. So (laughs) your December, 2022 bride, where in the process of planning are you? We're really sitting well. well. We'll have been engaged for like 14 months in total. We got engaged last September. Um, and I was adamant about getting things booked because I knew this was going to be a crazy year to get married. Mm-hmm. So we really got all of our big vendors booked by this spring. So we're, you know, after the invites go out and then we have that second wave of planning to do, um, I'm sure it'll be a little crazy, but we're sitting good. My bachelor party's next weekend and I'm excited. So Where are you going on the batch? Back to Vegas, actually, but which was pre-planned before I knew I was going to the Grammys. But um, can't escape yeah. Vegas. I guess not. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, we're gonna start it off a little differently today and jump right into a really relevant voicemail from a listener that we have all about wedding contracts. Hey, Nicole. This is Wendy calling from New York City. Love your show. Uh, one piece of advice you taught me is that your contract basically determines everything you're going to be able to do and not be able to do. So I found my perfect venue. They have our date. We're ready to go. I got my contract and I'm already to send my deposit, but should I have a lawyer look at this? What are some red flags in the contract? What should I be asking to make sure they put in writing? I just want to make sure before I send over the deposit that nothing in this contract is fishy. And I'm really just not sure how I can even tell. Thank you. Love the show. Bye. Okay, great voicemail, Wendy. Thank you so much for calling in. Just to summarize quickly, so she's ready to go. She found her dream venue, and she's wondering if she, before she puts down the chunk of money for a deposit, should she have a lawyer look at it? Should she be looking for certain stuff herself? What should be there in writing? Nicole, deferring to you, (laughs) because... 
So the lawyer in me, and I will tell, I tell my friends this, I mean, even signing a lease is always have at least, if not a lawyer, a second opinion, someone look at it who has an idea, maybe a friend who was married recently and Mm -hmm. signed a lot of contracts, um, look at it and see what they think. Definitely. If you can have a lawyer look at it, I know sometimes it's maybe not worth like a lawyer's hourly fee, but even a friend (laughs) or family member. Um, But, you know, you are right in that a contract determines everything that is going to be able to happen or that will happen. Um, That's why you form a contract. You know, you have a meeting of the minds to agree on these things at the forefront. So there's no issues later. Um, That said, most kind of point people at venues, you know, your coordinator there, whoever it is, you know, they're usually willing to work with you. They, you know, want to keep you happy, uh, not only so, you know, their staff gets good tips and things like that, or maybe so you refer them to other people so you get payment and don't break the contract. Um, so I think when they're when they're little things like, you know, oh, could we switch out the uh, Michigan suite for the groom's parents with the, you know, Chicago Avenue suite, you know, little things that they're able to work with you on. I wouldn't be so apprehensive that that's not written out in your contract. But when it comes to the big things like a food and beverage minimum, um, maybe you're, you know, catering pricing per person, per head, whatever it is, those things are probably going to be non-negotiable, right? So you want to make sure when you're signing into that or things like when we get into like an impossibility or force majeure clause, um, you know, what happens if you get COVID and need to reschedule those clauses directing you how you'll handle that situation? Those are probably going to be things you're not going to be able to change, right? So you want to make sure... A, you understand what they say and B, that you're okay with them. And if you're not, don't be afraid to ask them, um, you know, do you have any wiggle room with this? Um, You know, what about this idea? Could we, you know, if I get COVID and can't do it, are we able to reschedule within 90 days? Um, You know, they're they're probably willing to work with you. But, um, you know, as far as getting an opinion from a lawyer, of course, is that going to be more helpful to you? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Or even just from like, (laughs) I'm like an adult, like we're not adults, just from like a parent, somebody who's been through other legal documents before, because sometimes it's like you don't go through too many before your wedding. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. So, she asked about like red flags. Is there anything that we should be looking for that kind of is like a gotcha thing that vendors might not not trying to create a war between like us brides and our vendors? I'm sure like you said, like they want to make you happy. That's right. their job. But is there any little things like a, a gotcha that we should be looking for? And it may not even be a gotcha just as much as you might not be okay with it. But yeah, I would just say the biggest things are like their cancellation and rescheduling policies, you know, and it also depends. Are you on like a payment plan of, hey, I'm giving you a $10,000 deposited signing and Mm -hmm. X amounts due a month out, or are you paying a chunk every few months? That's going to depend too, right? Because you'll want to look at those provisions or, you know, God forbid the wedding's called off, something like that. You know, do you get a refund up to everything you've paid? Um, is there a non-refund? There's usually a non-refundable deposit, right? Because they've held that date for so long mm-hmm. and now they may lose out on filling it, right? And so it's usually, you know, 90 days, 30 days, whatever it is, is when that provision is going to get stricter for you. Um, so I would say not necessarily red flag, but make sure that's something you're cognizant of, um, that you understand 
hey, this is when I will lose my money. This is when I'll get it back. Right. Maybe they'll sell your contract to a you know sister property um, to find a new date. There's all okay. types of provisions, whether they provide them at the outset or something you can suggest to them. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say red flag again. They're you know they're they're not trying to get you. The last thing they want is like a bride suing them for right. breach of contract. Like what right. bad publicity is that? True. So. Uh, I wouldn't say they're trying to get you. Right. Like you said, with the non-refundable deposit, like that obviously as a bride, you don't like to hear the word non-refundable at all, but that they they kind of, would you say like most vendors you've seen, at least with planning your wedding, like they all have some form of that. Yeah. At least an amount. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's not even your whole initial deposit or 50% or something, but yeah, they need to cover Mm-hmm. They need to be able to pay their workers and things, you know, when things so, so that I wouldn't say is a red flag if it's non-refundable. Yeah. But something, is something like that. What like what when you're looking at these contracts and I guess this could vary between which we'll get into like, you know, there's bigger ones in Wendy's case. It's her big one. It's the venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Then there's medium ones and smaller ones. But is something like that like negotiable? Like is the is the um like what are the negotiable aspects of a contract when you're looking at them? Like is the deposit the negotiable? entire thing? Oh, the really? entire thing. I mean, you have to keep in mind that sometimes the person you're dealing with may not have authority to do things like mm-hmm. lower the food and beverage minimum, right? I would say, if anything, whether it's your you know venues doing your catering or if it's a separate caterer, that might be one thing that like their higher ups are like, nope, sorry, you can't go below. 30 mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, so outside of that, you can ask for anything, right? You're allowed to enter into a contract for anything that's legal, right? I can't enter in a contract with you saying, you know, go kill someone, you know, but anything that's legal in the world, we can enter into a contract for. So you shouldn't be shy about asking for anything, right? Yeah. They may tell you no, and you have to be okay with that, um, you know, but at least you asked, right? So, I mean, I red penned the crap out of my contracts and like, I'm probably their least favorite bride, but they were willing, like they agreed to almost everything. And again, I wasn't asking like for half of the food and beverage minimum. I was, you know, I was asking for things like rescheduling dates. And, you know, like I said, if we couldn't reschedule within three months, like that's putting me, you know, at March, 2023, I was like, then give me my money back. We're going to get married at a bar. You know, I was like, I'm not dealing with that. So I put that in there and she accepted it, right? Wow. And this was for which vendor? This was for our our venue. Oh, okay. So yeah, when you, in your personal experience, redlining, I love that term. Um, yeah. I feel like that's a lawyer term. What are some of the other things? Like what what in your eyes is a fair rescheduling clause to have in there? Like what exactly are the yeah. details of it? So that's what I built in. I said that if we couldn't reschedule within 90 days, they had a reschedule clause. I added in within 90 days on a Friday or Saturday evening mm. in either the ballroom I'm getting married in or the other one that I would consider comparable. You know, I don't want them to be like, sure, and then stick us in a no. tea party room. Yeah. Um, and I so I said within 90 days. Um, and then I said I I included extras in there, right? Things I don't ever see, you know, foresee happening, but I want to cover myself, right? So I said, um, the physical destruction, the unexpected physical destruction of the hotel, the unexpected loss of the hotel's liquor license. Yeah. Um, th- those are things that like, okay, yeah, say 
crazy things happen, right? I mean, I had a family friend whose venue burnt down, right? That you don't know. So, yeah, you know, the more you want to put in there, like, oh, sure, we can have your wedding, but we lost our liquor license. I'd be like, no, sorry, I'm I'm going somewhere else. And the so. sad thing is like you, th- it's one of those things you think that won't happen to me. You don't even think that's possible. But then when it does happen, if it's not in your contract, yeah, you're, you're paying yeah. for a wedding with no liquor. Like, yeah, yeah, that is, ins- I yeah. mean, this is so smart. Okay. We, with the rescheduling clause, is that if you have to, like, if you and your fiance are like, oh, look, like this time doesn't work out, we have to reschedule, or is that if it's on them? So there's two different ones. The force majeure would be these unforeseen circumstances. The building burns down, that's on them, right? The liquor license, that's on them. And then I put in there that if the bridegroom or either of our immediate family got COVID and a majority of our family member couldn't come in, um, and then I also put in there because it's a December wedding, which granted December in Chicago hasn't been crazy lately, but um, say there's a bunch of snow and and we couldn't travel. Um, they said, you know, in you know, severe weather cancellations. So I put, you know, if at least 50% of our guests couldn't travel to our wedding, Brilliant. that we could get the you know, we could reschedule. Um, again, they're usually willing to do it because they're not losing your money. You're rescheduling. Right. We're not saying, give me my money back. You know, that's, I'm only asking for a refund if is like, if we couldn't reschedule within three months. And I know I also probably had an upper hand because of December wedding three months after January, February are kind of off months for weddings. So maybe that helped me, Mm -hmm. right. Maybe they were more willing for that. Um, but again, you don't get what you don't ask for, right? You just Exactly. Well, and I think like ask for as much as you can. If anything, ask for 90 yeah. and maybe they're like, oh, it's peak season. We'll give you 60. And then you compromise right. on that. Like that's, right. oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. I'm just mind blown because I did not do enough of this when planning my own wedding. I, did, I was like, sure, here. And it still obviously worked out. You know, it, this is the mm. neurotic lawyer. In me, yeah. So. so is that, I hear a lot of brides saying you must have a COVID clause. You must have a COVID clause. Is that kind of what it is? The I, Well, and I like that you said if our family does too, because I think a lot of couples are sitting there like, if we get COVID, what? but then it's like, what if your mm-hmm. guests get COVID? You're fine, but 50% right. of your guests get COVID. Right. Is that the COVID clause? That would be the COVID clause. Now it's, it is changing a little because nowadays think about it. They're not going to let, say I have 200 guests and two get COVID and can't Mm. come. They're not going to say, oh sure, we'll refund you those two. Like that's just part of it. Right. So that's where I put in like immediate family members. And then the COVID clause would be yeah, 50% or more couldn't attend due to this grand thing, which, you know, right now we're hopefully looking like we'll be okay. But people thought that a year ago and then things shut down again too. So I also had in there, um, like if there was a state or local uh, mandate on gatherings, which again, I don't foresee Governor Pritzker Mm -hmm. reinstating before my wedding, but who knows um, if they suddenly said, oh, you can only have a hundred. I just at least would like the flexibility of like, okay, are we moving forward with the hundred and cutting it or could we try and reschedule? So, right. Some people might be laughing and being like, wow, she really is going above and beyond. But the, you can, sure. you never know. This is all smart right. to have. And your venue wasn't like, what the fuck, when you were asking them this, right? They no, were like very, not at all. Okay, good. The, think about it. They're so used to it, especially these past two years. Like they've dealt with canceled weddings. They've dealt with brides getting COVID. They've yeah. seen all of it. They, they, 
and and they want your business, right? So they're they're going to be pretty willing right. as long as it's still pretty reasonable. Again, again, don't ask them for you know a fourth of the price of the contract, but when it's right. reasonable things, like they're going to do it. Are there any other things that like like the force majeure? Thank you for teaching us that. So that's basically if something happens to the venue, like you said, yeah. if it if the liquor license, if it burns down, if you know whatever. Are there any other terms that we might not recognize that we should keep an eye out for? Like, what is like act of God I've heard thrown around? So force majeure literally means in French act of God. So that's the same thing. So force majeure clause and possibility clause, those are called the same thing. Um, I think another one, probably, you know, some people know what the layman's term assignment means, but in a contract assignment, and you may have seen these like in a lease before, right? You know, if your lease gets assigned, say the building gets sold to someone else and they can assign your lease um, or vice versa, kind of like when you sublet. So think of it that way with a, with a vendor contract, can they assign it? Um, For instance, like my band is like a 12 person band, but they have 40 members. So they can assign out if people aren't there, right? Which I agreed mm-hmm. to from the forefront. Um, whereas like my photographer, it's just him and and his, you know, second guy. So if he's if he gets COVID, it's in my contract, he's gonna assign it out. Um, that's gonna be to a totally another photography company, right? Because it's wow. only the two of them. So I was okay with that because mm-hmm. I knew that I wouldn't want to be going and finding a photographer yeah. the week before. So, but you just have to understand assignment means they could sell your contract to someone else. Again, okay. for certain reasons, you're not saying at any for time fun. for any reason. Yeah, just because they've right. got lazy before. Exactly. Oh, and so if they don't, if you hire a photographer, it's them on their own. They have no other people and you're hiring them for eight hours, they get COVID the day before, there's no assignment clause in your contract. Technically, are they, can they be like, sorry, I'm sick, but nothing in writing. So you're on. Then then I would look next to the cancellation clause. And it, okay. you know, if it's a cancellation for fully their reason, I mean, there should be, if not a full refund, again, maybe that mm-hmm. was partial because they had to pay out their employees. Um, but I would go next to your cancellation clause and see, okay, what does that say? Does that just say you get a refund and you're kind of SOL? You know, again, this person, like, for instance, my photographer, my two best friends used him. That's why I'm using him, right? He wants to make me happy. I have six other engaged friends. I'm going to give his number two, right? He's Mm -hmm. probably not going to do that to me. So he's probably going to use his best efforts to find me someone. So that's also just the nature of the industry. Um, But at the end of the day, could he legally just wash his hands, right? That's why you need to look at that cancellation clause. Wow. Okay. Okay. So the cancellation clause is usually saying something along the lines of if for these reasons, does it outline the reasons that they would have to cancel? Sometimes. And like, this is where we get into like our medium contracts. Some are super boilerplate and will be way less descriptive than say a venue or catering contract that could be for like tens of thousands of dollars. Your kind of middle contracts may be less descriptive, but that also may be okay just because they're not listing out all the reasons. Maybe they just say because the bride and groom canceled versus because the photographer canceled or was unable to make it. Um, and maybe they list these things out, you know, so that could be something that you go back to them and say, could you include in there, you know, if you cancel um, versus if I cancel, you know, if it just 
if the cancellation's vague, you may want to specify that at least. Right. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So you mentioned medium. Can you just quickly tell us about the three different types of contracts, the big, medium, and small, and kind of like what are those, what are the differences between each? Yeah, so I would consider your big contracts are your venue and or catering, you know, if you're catering separate, basically big dollar contracts, right? Um, Those are going to be the ones, you know, it makes sense that you're most concerned with how, what's in them because it's the most at stake. Um, And then it could be your wedding planner too, depending. Um, So I, I would, you know, back to Wendy's question about, do I need a lawyer? You know, I wouldn't say you need a lawyer for all, you know, 14 contracts you're going to sign, but maybe for your venue one, if, if you're like, okay, this is, I'm putting down a, you know, X amount deposit. This is a lot of money. I think I want someone to look at it because these medium and small ones, maybe the deposits less. Um, it's just less. And also when you think venue catering, things like that, if something happens to one of those, your days kind of, cha- you might need to change your wedding date, right? 100%. It still could be if it's important to you, but photographer, videographer, florist, um, band, DJ, those middle contracts, I would call like right now I'm three and a half months out. Something happened to one of those. I'm not changing my wedding date. I'm finding a new one. Um, So I'm a little less concerned. Those contracts will be shorter. I'm okay that they're shorter um, because I can probably find another one. So those I just really want to make sure kind of these cancellation and assignment clauses make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just kind of the deposit schedule. Like usually on those hair and makeup, you know, they'll want, although hair and makeup, I think mine wanted 50% up front, but usually it's more like a 20% up front. And that's something, again, you said you can ask to negotiate being like, absolutely. like, is that a negotiable thing too? You can negotiate like the deposit schedule and the payments. It is absolutely. And again, they're probably willing to work with you. Something I did because I got engaged September, 2021. And I knew from looking at all my friends' contracts that these prices were going to go up in 22. Mm. I locked in 2021 pricing on like half of my vendors. So I said, I'll pay you half now if you guarantee me 2021 pricing. And because I've looked like they have, you know, upped their pricing since I signed because I signed and paid November, 2021, you know, like 13 months out. Um, But I was like, this is worth it to me because in the end, I'm going to be saving, you know, two grand, whatever it is. Yeah. So that was a question we got from an audience member too. Can they raise their prices if you don't have the locked in 
previous ones, they can just raise them and be like, okay, now, you know, I used to charge 3000 for this. Now it's 5000 You owe me 2000 more. At the time of signing, that should be laid out in the contract what the prices are. Okay. Now, if you sign it and then later on they raise it, they should not be retroactively charging you the higher one. Um, but I, so I did include it like in my um, venue contract, for instance, mm -hmm. um, I have a phrase in there that says we will honor 2021 pricing. And then it lists, you know, there's like three different tiers of right. food and beverage things. It lists what the prices were in 2021. Now, like on their website, when I've gone and pulled the menu, it is a newer More. price, but I have in my contract that I have 2021. So I'd say one, if that is something even you verbally agreed to, stick it in there. I mean, why would they not agree to it if they're telling yeah. you yes? That's a good, oh, this is so, this is such good information <laughs> and learning though. Cause it's like, even if you th assume, never assume, never assume, never assume. like never, assume. never assume they yeah. will just put, make sure you're going to feel a little bit psychotic, but you're saving yeah. yourself. And you can always blame it on someone too. Like I tell yeah. my girlfriend, I'm like, say my best friend's a lawyer. She's mm -hmm. nuts. She wants this in here. Cause sometimes it feels awkward asking for these things. Mm -hmm. I'm like, blame me. It's so, yeah. I mean, I tell clients that all the time when, when I'm like, no, I'll ask for it. Cause you don't want them to think you're crazy, but yeah. Yeah. Who cares? That's so, that's like <laughs> your, your friends are probably like, let me just CC my lawyer on this. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. You're, you're a very valuable friend to have. I feel like for that. Um, <laughs> Okay, so then the small contracts, so those are the ones that are kind of under 500-ish. So technically, what's called the statute of frauds um, states that anything under $500 does not need to be in writing. Uh -oh. So a lot of times, they won't be. Um, I do remember like an episode you had, um, I'm forgetting the bride's name, but she oh, was trying to find... The ice cream, the ice cream guy. <laughs> yes. Right? I, well, I remembered that. Yes. And she had nothing in writing. <laughs> right. So she's like, okay, it's not going to happen. And that's fine, right? Also, if you're not paying, maybe you paid them no deposit. So you're just, you're not mm -hmm. out money. You're just missing the experience. Um, but when in debt, and then I guess but if you get into family and friends, that can get weird or awkward. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm always, I mean, I even, my fiance and I own our condo and my sister rented from us for a year. I mean, I ha had a lease for her, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, because she had needed it to get parking stickers for the city. <laughs> but um, I'm always like a put it in writing girl. But, yeah. you know, so I, I got like a calligrapher to do our table numbers mm -hmm. on like a big mirror at the hotel. Gorgeous. You know, it's... It, 400 bucks. Do I need it in writing? No. I asked her if she had a contract and she did. And she sent me one and oh, I sent her my thoughts back. Otherwise I was just going to write something super basic, uh, like date, time, location, and I'll get my deposit back if you don't show up. Yeah. But perfect. that's what I consider small contracts. That can be a page long, just okay. so you have something. Um, it also probably makes you feel just better. But. Yeah. Just more legit, more official. So the ice cream yeah. truck thing doesn't happen. Like, <laughs> right. Um, and when you say like in writing, like let's say there's not a contract. Let's say you're hiring, you know, a, an ice cream sorbet truck to come for the after party and it's $300. And do, would an email technically count as in writing? Like literally if let's say the ice cream truck never shows up, but you have writing and agreements over email, like technically could you take that and use that somehow to get the three? Technically, like... 
in a court of law, you could say if there was still a meeting of the minds and you agreed to the terms. So like if the emails back and forth were in agreement to each other mm-hmm. um, and you and you kind of agreed on paper, that could constitute a contract, again, depending on your state, you know, your judge, whoever. Um, but so if, if you came into writing even an oral contract, those those are a thing too. So this is, you know, could be oh, the conversation she had with the guy on the street. Hey, will you promise to show up here at this time and I'll pay you this much? That's technically a verbal contract, right? Yeah. Now, I don't really know how you'd enforce it in a court of law if you don't even know the guy's name. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> You know, that's where these smaller numbers, it just gets a little hairy because it would be more of a hassle for you to like go sue them in small claims court than it would for you to just be out that money. (laughs) True. Very true. And what's the difference between like an invoice for these smaller ones versus an actual contract? So invoices can sometimes be considered contracts, Um, you know, if it still has the terms the, the parties are both consenting to it, um, especially, you know, what contracts always have are signatures and maybe an invoice won't have a signature on it, um, but it, gotcha. it is a promise to pay. Um, but if there's a deposit, you know, that that would be considered consideration. Um, a contract needs consideration. I'm giving you something for your promise. Mm-hmm. So if I gave you a deposit um, and then, you know, you or later on you sent me an invoice, kind of depending how that goes, that could still hold up as a contract, okay. you know, if you feel comfortable that that has all the information on it, um, you might be okay. Okay. So interesting. This is like fascinating to me. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We had a lot of questions asking this, and I've been asked this before. I'm sure you've heard on the podcast. So let's say you're getting closer to the wedding day and you're, I don't know, three months out. And at this point, your florist is being super, super unresponsive, not just like not delivering on what you thought, like they're just being an awful vendor at this point and stressing you out. And you're saying to yourself, okay, I'd rather honestly just not have this person and pick a new florist at the last minute. Are you able to get out of something like that and pick a new florist or technically can you not because or like can you get your money back for things? Is there a way legally? Yep. So again, it goes back to what's in your contract. Okay. Um, if you have a breach clause, um, some more kind of liberal ones will be and 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 with some of these smaller ones where maybe not a lot of money was exchanged up front. If it's something like a florist where you're still a few months out, I know, for instance, my florist said like, you know, he doesn't even actually get my flowers till a few weeks out. So maybe the florist isn't actually out money, right? Right. Mm -hmm. That's going to depend. So in your contract, you know, a a great contract would say either party can terminate at any time. Well, you wouldn't want to say that. I guess you'd want only you, but they're not going to agree to that. Mm -hmm. But either party can terminate at any time for any reason or bride can terminate at any time for any reason. 
not everyone's going to agree to that because on the flip side, they probably don't want you to terminate the week of when they've, you know, been out their money. But maybe it's, um, say the florist needs to know like 30 days prior um, before they order the, you know, bulk flowers, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, So 30 days before the event, uh, either party could terminate for any time for any reason, um, for a full refund of all deposits made. Um, some, you know, if it doesn't say anything, then they might try and keep your money. Um, if there's a breach clause, you need to be cognizant. Maybe this goes to the red flags question. Um, but as to who's responsible for a breach, if there is an indemnity, what's called indemnification clause, that means technically if you and I are in a contract and I breached on purpose, uh, you could sue me for breach. And then also you could say, and you got to pay my legal fees. Right. Wow. What is exactly a breach? A breach is I didn't perform. Yeah. Okay. I didn't perform. I either, I didn't pay you. That's the duty I owe you. Uh-huh. Or if you're my florist, you provide the flowers. So if you don't provide the flowers or I don't pay you, one of us is in breach. Wow. Now there's probably not provisions in there that says like the florist needs to answer every email within seven days. So you right. probably couldn't say, Hey, you're in breach for blowing me off. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe in like, yeah, say a wedding planner contract, um, a venue contract might say like, you know, this is your point person to be in touch with. Um, so again, those bigger contracts, you mm-hmm. might have more wiggle room, the smaller ones, probably less likely when it's just, Right. Maybe a photographer con- uh, contract you have in there like that you'll meet with them in person six weeks out to go over like your vision. Right. And that's something they don't do. So so that technically like something like that, would that be- technically be a breach? Yeah. If, if it was something agreed to by the parties um, or even sometimes if it was a verbal agreement, you guys verbally agreed, you didn't get it in writing. That's not great. Because mm-hmm. um, it's harder to enforce, but you at least have a leg up of saying, hey, this is the experience or the service you promised me. Right. I'm not getting this. Okay. Wow. Okay. So basically, as a couple, you just want to make sure there's something in there saying we are able to terminate the contract and get full amount back up to X amount of days before the wedding date. Okay, cool. Right. If, if we're not completely set. And, and for that question of you don't have that provision in the contract and now you're unhappy, then I would recommend asking if you could terminate for a full refund. I guess it depends. Yeah. I haven't, my florist is a family friend, so a little bit different. I haven't paid a deposit yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's you know a nominal deposit you paid, maybe say, I don't think this is working out. I'd like to terminate our contract. Can I get a refund? Again, just ask. Yeah. Right? Just ask. Maybe maybe they're fine to wipe their hands too. Maybe you're driving them nuts. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's why they might have that um, termination, whatever it was called, termination clause in there too. Because maybe you're a, (laughs) you might be a bridezilla and the vendor might be sitting there saying, it's not worth it for me to work with this person and get gray hairs from them. So they might want to terminate. And most of those termination clauses have, they define the reason as for any reason. So, th- so I mean, that would just be your ideal one. Um, okay. That's probably not going to be in a lot of contracts. Like if I were to draft my ideal contract to send to the vendor, mm-hmm. that's what I'd want to say. Okay. Um, because vendor t- contracts are a little different in that 
99% of the time, when you receive a contract, the vendor drafted it, right? Yeah. So it's going to be a little bit more vendor friendly Mm -hmm. than like bride friendly. Um, So that's probably not going to be in there unless like maybe your wedding planner has a great relationship with this vendor or something. I don't know. Right. Um, So the termination clause is probably going to be, you know, for breach, um, for impossibility, which goes kind of back to our force majeure thing, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. Okay. I love the thought of just like how to make your your contract as bride friendly as possible. Are there any other things that you are trying to your that you would build out in your ideal vendor contract? I think for yeah, for most of them, I think it, it's just again, there's going to be these bottom lines they're not able to work with you on, mm-hmm. but they're going to try and do a lot else. So, for instance. Um, like hair and makeup. I have eight bridesmaids, myself, uh, my mom, mother-in-law, my grandma, and my godmother, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be a nutty morning. And their contract said they're going to send four artists. And the fifth artist was like going to double the price. And so we worked out like, hey, I'm I'm giving you like I was like I can have a cousin get her hair done too. Yeah. Said, you know my my cousin is doing a reading, she'll do it. My other if I can promise you more people to style, you know, can you lower like and then you're not charging me just for sending the fifth artist, but I'm at least getting right. something out of Value it. Like you're giving me more service, right? right. Um, so sometimes you have Smart. wiggle room on there or like. Uh, my dad was adamant on, I think my contract originally was like 75 people per bartender. He's like, nope, double it. Right. And so I think I said like, okay, instead of eight hors d'oeuvres, can we do six and then double the number of bartenders at the cocktail hour? Smart. Neg- and and they're, it's the same money for them. So they're right. fine with it. And they know we're going to be tipping the extra two bartenders. Right. So they're like, sure. Yeah. So sometimes it's not like asking for things as much as getting a little bit creative as to like, like well, what else would I want? Right. Like not changing the money of it all. You're not saying like, right. can you give me this for 10000 instead of 20000 Right. But you're you're moving things around, employees. I love that because the whole negotiation aspect, that's something that like it's touchy with vendors. Like we've had vendors yes. on and asked them and they're like, don't negotiate. It's insulting. Yeah, but that, absolutely. I, Every vendor probably wants to kill me right now. Right? <laughs> no, no, but this is – no, they probably actually respect you because you know your shit and – you're not, we're not like, it's not, we're not trying to get them. We're all just trying to Again, work exactly. together and You're protect. not asking for outrageous things. Totally. And protect That's ourselves, God forbid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. 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 Okay. We've kind of already, what happens if like after the wedding, you, you know, you, you get to the day after and you're like, you know what? Our wedding planner sucked. Like, they did not deliver as promised. They told me they'd be so great. They told me they'd do this, that, and the other. And they just were kind of bad. Like, what do I do now? So, yeah, if the, if if it's something like that where it's, yeah, like a service, you know, that's not so black and white. Like the florist yeah. can say, well, I gave you, t- you know, 12 centerpieces. If it's someone that's, yeah, provide or, yeah, photographer, wedding planner, someone that's, yeah, you're paying them for their service. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that I think you could say, again, you'll want to look to your contract. What kind of things did they promise they'll do? Did they say, 
Right. I'll be available for 12 hours and they were, and they left at hour 10. Um, are there concrete things you can point to? That's going to be the easiest way. Um, if, if your goal is to, you know, say not pay them what you think that they're owed because of their service um, mm-hmm. or they let something horrible happen. Obviously people make mistakes. I think right. like that will be, you know, probably in the contract, like probably words like best efforts will be written in the contract. Like, mm-hmm. you know, wedding planner will use their best efforts to, you know, transportation company will use your best efforts to get you on time. Right. The highways shut down and you're late. That's not really the transportation's company uh, fault. But if the right. wedding planner, yeah, says she's going to round up all the, the bridal party before the entrances to the reception and she just doesn't do it. Yeah, that's something you agreed on. And she didn't do. Um, and I think so. I think try and think of concrete things. You don't want to just say the service was bad. You want to say this is how it was bad. Right. Um, and explain that and say, you know, I think that we shouldn't have to pay for the full services because we didn't right. receive that. Like maybe it's like two of those hours that the wedding planner promised to be rounding up bridal party and like bustling dresses and whatever they were planning to do they were off like on their phone for a personal matter. It's like then those two hours, what's, would you, would you, would you like tabulate the percentage of the total bill to them? Like what those two hours were? Would that make sense? Like if that's probably a good way to do it. I mean, I mean, if so, say it's a 12 hour day and, you know, you obviously do have to let them eat at some point, you know, so maybe Mm -hmm. cut out a little bit of that. And I mean, coming from someone who bills hourly, you know, I'm always thinking about the billable hour, but yeah, yeah, if you kind of divided that up as to an hourly rate, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's at least a good starting point. Hey, two of your 12 contracted hours, you are not servicing us adequately. You know, we'd like two hours of time to be written off. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Hopefully we don't even get to that point, but you never know. We're going to have to have you back on because I know you... We're talking about liability insurance, which is something estate planning. What can you explain like what that is real quick? Yeah. I mean, the quick and dirty could be just something else I'm looking into now, especially because I have an international wedding next April. So I'm looking to like change my name, passport, credit card, everything quickly. Um, and then how that's and then again, my fiance and I own property together. Um, so how is that gonna affect estate planning? Um, you know, wills and trusts, right? Right. So I have currently a will now as a single woman as to what would happen to all of my personal assets and property if I was to pass away. The minute you get married and it varies state to state, right? You've probably heard of community property states. I think Mm -hmm. Wisconsin, California, there's a couple. Illinois is not. Um, But some states, things automatically happen when you get married. Um, Some, if you don't have a will, it will default go to your spouse. Um, And sometimes you and your spouse might just want to change how that will look. Um, or maybe you're getting married and one of you already has children. You want to take that into consideration. Um, and so changing everything legally, not only with your driver's license, passport, mm-hmm. social security card, but any legal documents you have, like, you know, the deed to your home, um, you know, the name on your lease, things like that, um, your will. Maybe you wanted to make a joint will with your spouse or mm-hmm. have reciprocal wills, you know, to protect each other, um, your life insurance policies. Etc. 
This is all stuff you got to start thinking about getting closer to the wedding. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, I just had more on. We're not even wedding planning. We're estate planning as well. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We'll do a whole other episode on that kind of stuff. And a lot of people were like, tell us about, um, while you have her, the lawyer, like, let's talk about prenups, which we've done a whole episode on prenups a a while ago. But that is a whole episode. But... Yeah, I feel like those are becoming more common too. Just another. But think about. It. I mean, it's why these contracts are so important. It's why you have insurance. It's what you know. Mm-hmm. So if that's something important to you, and it always depends, obviously, on you and your future spouse's situation. But you know, it's a contract at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. So. Um, okay. Well, this has been literally so helpful. Again, thank you so much. Let's go into unpopular opinions, shall we? Great. Now it's time for Unpopular Opinions, brought to you by High Noon Hard Seltzer. This whole episode is about looking over vendor contracts, and I know a way to make looking over them a little bit more fun, and that's to grab a High Noon. I don't wedding plan. I don't podcast. I don't really do anything these days without a High Noon in hand, and neither should you. So grab a can, and let's get into our first Unpopular Opinion. So this one's kind of legal adjacent I feel like um this there's more about marriage these ones this one says a joint bank account is a must do we agree or disagree see I think we were talking about this the other day I think we're gonna do like a joint savings and then separate single checking accounts Mm. um but we're still figuring that out too. And I ask my married friends, I mean, you're married. I feel like everyone has a different answer. I think it's so what works for you guys, like what you're paying for. Like I know my brother and his wife, everything is the same. Like they just dump okay. their incomes into the same pool. Mike and I do not do that. Yeah. yeah. Mike would like, Mike would be like, are you kidding? Cause I just you know, <laughs> spend her sometimes. Um, but no, we have like when we, when we both get like like our wedding gift money, we put that in a joint mm-hmm. savings that we're trying not right. to touch. Um, right. You know, we'll we'll both contribute to that as a joint savings, similar to you guys. And then checking yeah. is all separate. Everything else is yeah. separate for us. I'm like, I guess you could still see my credit card and what I'm spending, but do I want you to? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, no, no. I think it's literally what works for everybody. But then like, I don't know, Mike and I should be doing some more of a joint situation for... Like, cause then rent, we split, we split a lot down the middle. Like obviously dinners yeah. and stuff, we'll get each other, but we still like, right. we still both bring in money. So we just split a lot. Right. Like our big expenses, like rent, we just, Mike pays on his credit card. We were actually talking about this on the po- credit card points the episode. Points. Mike is scamming me out of points and, <laughs> and then <laughs> using them for them his off. travel. Like what? So actually I'm oh, going to so weasel my way into the rent paying for but then like literally we'll just like split that so i don't know right you don't want to be like venmoing each other when you see like a husband and wife venmo each other like i know i know i know that's like what we do for rent and it's cringy i know we do it private (laughs) so nobody can see (laughs) see that's what you have to do (laughs) but not for the little stuff literally when you see a couple venmoing each other for For dinner like salad it's like what it's just come (laughs) Um, right. No, but I'm in no position to judge anybody else's financial yeah. arrangement. So totally. I would disagree with this, though. I don't think it's a must. I think it's whatever works for yeah. you. Oh, 64% of people agree that it it isn't a must. So 
Okay. Yeah. The next one, marrying someone doesn't also mean that you're marrying their family. I would have to disagree because our families are just so close. It's mm-hmm. sick. I mean, my mother-in-law and mom and they're all like besties. Close so to I'm each probably, other? Yeah. So we went to high school together and our parents, oh. you know, have been friends for 15 years. Oh. And I mean, like my mother-in-law is best friends with my mom and aunts. Like she like, so. That's like so cute. Skewed, uh, you know, perception. So. Yeah. Brad can't escape it. Yeah. You're not even marrying into the family. You're already in the family. Like, right, right. Uh, no, I mean, they say that like you're, who you're marrying, you're also marrying their family. I think it's so different though, depending on situations. Like with yours, literally you're already in the family. But then right. there's some people that just are not really close to their own family. Like right, My friend's right. husband isn't. And so I, I feel like she's not really marrying into them because – He's right. not even in that family. So I don't know. I think it depends. But I think for the – I would agree for the most part too. Like Mike's family – same with mine. We're both very close to our families. So like you got to yeah. you gotta love them if you're going to love right. me. Right. Kind of thing. Like something happens. I know he'll be there to go pick up my sister if I'm out of town. Or, you totally. Know, like, totally. But that's how our family works. So Totally. The past two yeah. weekends, Mike has – I've had a bachelorette party and then a wedding. <laughs> Speaking of this podcast – Mike has literally hung out with my family without me those oh, like the past two weekends. That's the best though. And I'm I'm like I have FOMO, but that is how you I'm like that's when you know they're a keeper. But when it's you're his big, family, right? Right. I mean, right. So, it's cute, but yeah, also FOMO. Fifty six percent of people disagree that it doesn't mean you're marrying. So they agree with us. It means you're marrying okay. them. So like their family, family. get to like them. <laughs> um, work out those differences now. The last one, having lots of different hobbies is a red flag. My partner and I always try to do things together. Oh, this is an interesting one. Um, I, know. I guess if you have nothing in common, that's a red flag. I, I wouldn't like Brad's really into video games and I'm not. I don't think <laughs> that's a recipe for disaster, but we still both like to, you know, watch Succession and <laughs> cook. So I... I guess there's got to be healthy balance. Yeah. I I kind of disagree with this one. Like you're saying, like you you don't have to love video games because he does. Mike goes golfing right. every five seconds. Do I have to love golf? No. Right. Never been. Golf widow. And that, yeah, literally. And like I also need my separate hobbies without him. If he right. came, if he came to all of my hobbies, we, we would not be together. I'd be like, get the no. fuck away. No. No. So... Yeah, I mean, but like you're saying, healthy boundaries, like definitely do some stuff together. If you both enjoy playing tennis, sure, play together. You don't have to like find other people to play with just because. But yeah, I mean, don't do everything together. Don't be one of those couples. Right, yeah. Um, But yeah. Friends outside the relationship. (laughs) Exactly. That is how to keep – that's one of my biggest tips for marriage. Like definitely form a life and a home and happiness together and, you know, hang out as much as you want, but also still keep some figment of your separate life. If that, like, just don't become completely dependent, which is easier said than done when you have somebody who like cooks and cleans. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But anywho, okay, 82% of our audience disagreed that that's a red flag and that you should be doing everything together. So yay. 
Well, that's it for Unpopular Opinions brought to you by High Noon. For those of you who already know, High Noon is the premium hard seltzer made with real vodka and real juice, and it's the preferred beverage this season. It's perfect for every event. I was really guzzling a kiwi flavor this past weekend. That's one of the new members of the pack. It's so good. I also love the guava. Highly recommend trying them out. If the sun is out, it's time for a high noon. Head to your local liquor store to pick up some high noon for the weekend, or you can find where to purchase high noon near you by visiting highnoonspirits.com. Nicole, this was so, so great. Any last piece of advice for brides planning their wedding? Yeah, I would just say, you know, when in doubt, don't be afraid to ask for things. Um, And then I've just really, everyone's been telling me like, have fun. And I've had so much fun. I've tried not to get, you know, these, all of these things, contracts can stress you out. Mm -hmm. Don't let them like, cause yeah, this has been like the most fun time planning my wedding. Um, Maybe it's cause I know what's in the contract, but even if you don't, don't stress out about it. Ask for help. Yeah. I love that. And where can everyone find you if you want them to? Sure. Um, I'm on Instagram, I guess. I have my, you know, Grammy picture. <laughs> um, N-E-O tool. I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm also an attorney. I work at Swanson, Martin & Bell in Chicago. I do Chicago, uh, commercial litigation, entertainment, IP work. You can find my website by Googling. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> this is so great. I just love how intelligent you are. Okay. Till death do us part. The Betches Brides podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow us at Betches Brides and send us your emails to brides at betches.com. Betches.